would say is don't wait. So, uh, you know, like uh, I waited many years, like I always wanted to start a business. I, I always knew that I could create something that did not exist. Or I always had ideas like as, as, as I was working, you know, if this was like this, this could have been different and things like that. So those are things. Um, so uh, my uh, two cents on that is, hey, if you really feel like you are made to do that, I mean, that is what you like and that and uh, it's it's uh, don't try to don't wait too long to think hey, how will I have money or how how will I actually do this a lot of people who will jump in and then raising money is easy you know like um, reaching out and finding customers is easy people are going to find you if you actually create something valuable so Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as a founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. We're always here to, here to help. Now, today we've got another great guest on the podcast, Bajoy uh, Narayana. And uh, Bajoy uh, was uh, originally born in India, went to military school there in India, and then uh, also got a engineering degree, um, and then did some software engineering for a Ford Motor Company, um, started in India, and then ended up moving over to Detroit after uh, Ford went over to IBM. And then after that, went to work for a startup business that used some of IBM's uh, Wat or Watson technology for supply chain issues. Um, in two, 2018, got a small contract with the Dallas Housing Authority to also help them apply some of that technology. And they were um, looking to increase the number of expect inspections they wanted to do. Um, so realized that there was a bigger market and industry and decided to focus more on that area. And that's a, a bit where uh, Bajoy's at today. So with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast. Thank you, David. So I, you're absolutely welcome. And I just gave a quick introduction to a, a much longer journey and condensed in the 30-second version of it. So let's uh, go back a bit in time and tell us how your uh, journey got started in, in India. Okay. Um, so I was born in India and uh, I massively benefited from uh, public education in India and then uh, went to a, a military school there for my um, high school and then went to an um, and an engineering school um, school and uh, got my undergrad degree in engineering and that landed me a job with a software company um, and uh, I, I ended up working as the offshore uh, lead for uh, Ford Motor Company uh, for a couple of years and then they brought me uh, to the US uh, in 2000 uh, and then I, I ended up working for them for some time now, and just out of curiosity, and it will show my complete ignorance, but just as a question, so I was not aware, and again, it's my ignorance that Ford had a big presence of uh, in India as far as for vehicles or for software programming. So just out of curiosity, how did you get connected up with Ford or how did you originally get going doing some work for India with uh, with Ford? I was working with one of the software majors in India that, uh, that, that the name of the company is Satyam Computer Systems. So they were they were my employer. Uh, they were a large uh, um, software company who was basically also uh, like Ford was outsourcing their uh, their uh, software uh, work to uh, Indian majors at that time. So they had a large contract, and we had hundreds of people working for them. 
uh, so that, that so I was leading a small team and then I, I did well that there and they had some reasons to bring me on shore for managing that team or interacting closer with the customers and so on. So that was the reasoning that. So that's very typical, like uh, large corporations, they have hundreds of people working offshore and then some of them end up coming to um, be with the customer and coordinate uh, work with them. Got it. No, and that makes sense. So he's uh, worked with them for a bit of time over there in India. Then they said, okay, you're doing a great job. We'd love to have you in the, the U.S. facilities. They're continuing to, to run and manage things. So you move over to the U.S., continue to work on uh, the software side for Ford. Um, and then it sounds like, you know, that there was an opportunity that came along with IBM. So how did you kind of get or make that transition? Or how did you find out and decide to, to make the jump from Ford to, to IBM? So that was, I didn't join directly to IBM. So I was in Dearborn Heights. Uh, like, I mean, that is the very first time that, that uh, we had seen snow and uh, it was it was an interesting transition into, into, into the US. So, um, and I worked for many consulting, uh, a couple of consulting companies. Um, after that, I worked for Siemens for some time and then an Axon, uh, that is the name of another consulting company that is based out of UK. Um, so the, I worked for them for some years and then worked, joined uh, IBM. So I was on the consulting track. So, uh, and when I joined IBM, I was an associate partner for their global business services division. So that is the uh, consulting division of IBM. Uh, and uh, I, I had a focus on supply chain. So I was uh, leading that uh, practice um, um, in, at, at GBS in IBM. So that is when I decided to uh, found uh, the company and then started um, started on my entrepreneurial journey, you can say. So, and then um, it was not focused on public housing. I wasn't even aware that the public housing sector existed or, or I knew it, but uh, that was not where we started. I mean, we were generally taking the, uh, some Watson services, like um, they, Watson was, um, was a leading product for um, natural language processing and, uh, and things like that. And we were trying to take those capabilities, those IT software capabilities and apply it on the supply chain problem. So, um, you know, like uh, that was a domain that I, I really knew well. And I, I knew that there were some uh, really new capabilities emerging generally. And then I was taking that capability and applying it on the supply chain side. That was the basic thesis of the company. Or that's what we were going to do. Uh, and then we had a contract with a Fortune 500 company that was in the food manufacturing space. So we were essentially creating a bot like uh, for them to answer supply chain questions. Hey, how many SKUs of this product we have in Chicago in this location? And it gives an answer easily. So that eliminates the need for training and uh, for people to uh, use a voice activated service to ask that question and then get the answer back, that sort of thing. So that's how we, we started the company. And then um, I had a meeting with the CEO of uh, Dallas Housing Authority in uh, October of 2018, and uh, they had a major problem. Um, so Dallas Housing Authority is, um, is a very large housing authority in the US and they serve uh, nine counties. It's a very uh, large area they serve. And they had a um, wait time of about five weeks for initial inspections of a house. What it means in practical terms is um, a landlord has to apply, get a contract approved and so on. So the rent is all right, it's affordable for the family and it's reasonable. And uh, now he has to get an inspection then. So to get that inspection then, 
the landlord has to wait for about five weeks. So this, when you, when you think about it in a tight rental market, this can create all kinds of problems, right? People, people, uh, they have to keep the uh, house empty and uh, forego revenues uh, for that period of time. And uh, while they're doing it, they might actually give it to someone else to rent it to someone else. So when the inspector shows up, the house is again occupied by someone else. So that creates a vicious cycle. Uh, so he was genuinely concerned about it. Like, you know, how do we, uh, so he knew that we were a very small startup. So then, and that is not what we were doing at that time. So, but then he asked me, hey, can you solve this problem for me? Uh, this is my real problem now. Uh, and uh, I kind of said, yes. I mean, I had real good uh, previous experience on work order optimization and I knew uh, what, what capabilities existed in the market that which, which we could uh, bring to this problem. Like if you think about this, like you no, know, he had 18 inspections, they were making trips. Uh, and they were coming back. It's like a well-known problem in the in in the software business. Um, call a traveling salesman problem. Like now, how do you actually send a traveling salesman to like you know, let ten stops he has to make and bring him back in the most efficient way? So um, I mean, it's a variation of that. So um, we had some ideas about how we could do it, and then uh, and we solved this problem in about three months, meaning their inspections became current. So that that uh, caught their attention. So attention of the CEO. So uh, he was really interested in what we were doing. And then, then that the word got out some, we were in the press for some time. So that kind of started the company, but mm -hmm. we are not just focused on inspections now. Uh, then once you are in an industry, you start learning the problems and they were very generous with their time in explaining things to us and so on. So we understood uh, there is really no marketplace that is connecting the renter and the uh, agency, the housing assistance provider. It could be a housing authority, it could be a COC, it could be a nonprofit, uh, and the um, and the housing provider, you know, a property manager, a realtor. So it's a very large market where a marketplace does not exist. Something similar to let's say Airbnb for guest rentals. So um, I realized that there is a there is an opportunity to create that, you know, like that does not exist now. And that would fundamentally change this, some of these uh, problems that have lasted for about 50 years. I mean, there could be a software based solution to that. So that got us all excited. And then we, we started uh, exiting the contracts that we had. And then we started focusing on this raise money and uh, we started coding. No, and that's, uh, you know, it's interesting that you started out in one, uh, one area, that area led to a, you know, a, a customer client that had a completely different solution. And they're saying, hey, we'd like to apply the technology in this area. And you said, well, you know, we haven't necessarily applied in that area, but it should work there. And you go out and do it. And then, and then it works. And then it uh, opens up a, a whole new, you know, opportunity is to, to apply the, the technology in that in the new area. In this case, it was, you know, housing inspections and how you can reduce the amount of time without, really having to increase budgets and having to increase them or, you know, staff or anything else. And so now as you kind of figure out that area and say, okay, here's an opportunity, we can, uh, you know, we can solve this problem. And now, you know, if they have this problem here, we also have, you know, it's likely they have this uh, same problem in other areas or other locations. And so how did you kind of continue to go about building a business to further solve that problem and to take advantage of that uh, opportunity? Yeah, so that's that's a, the crux of the issue, right? So uh, let me also take one step back and then um, generally say a few things about this assisted rental market. Uh, 
Mm. So I think your audience would kind of have an interest in that. So uh, in assisted rental market, we are taking public money uh, and then assisting a family who otherwise might not uh, have a house. No, they could be homeless or um, uh, and, and we are spending that money. So there is a general consensus in the developed world that, uh, hey, when if you're going to spend public money to assist someone to find a house, then they should have uh, some, they should have some skin in the game. I mean, they, meaning they should pay some amount of money uh, towards, uh, they should have a contribution towards uh, rent and uh, utilities. So, uh, so um, since uh, the we are talking about uh, people with really low lower income, so that's why the, that's why the utilities are also an important factor. So, someone might not actually have money to pay for gas or electricity and things like that. So, um, so the idea is that yeah, we, let's let's make sure that uh, if their income is if they have no income, then they pay nothing. But if they have let's say thirty thousand dollars then you know about nine thousand dollars is um spent on uh, paying for rent and utilities you know like let's let's provide the assistance in such a way that they pay 30 percent okay uh then at the same time i mean it's not an exact number so they are they have defined the range you know like um it's it's a fairly complicated calculation so then uh, the the uh, then there is oh, then let's absolutely make sure that no one pays more than 40 percent of their uh, regardless of all these nuances involved, let's make sure that no one pays more than 40% of their uh, income towards. In, in our example, let's make let's absolutely make sure it's never more than 12,000. So they have to they have to pay. This family has to pay something 9,000, 12,000 in that range. So meaning that you have to then estimate the utility costs, which is it depends on whether it's a single family uh, house, an independent house, or it's a multi-family house. Is it is it in the middle or is it in the top floor? Is it in, so? It this uh, heating and uh, uh, cooling costs and all can vary significantly based on the type of construction and things like that. So we have to be able to estimate that, uh, and then we have to get this income and then calculate this. Uh, so that is a hard problem, as like in every city collecting this data. And all that. So our idea, um, as I was telling you, uh, Devin, was we would create a marketplace, right, where this would work for everyone. Uh, meaning, um, we don't need to know uh, someone from West Virginia, a property manager, a landlord, or a realtor would come in, put his address in, and the software will tell them, okay, this is the a, this is the maximum rent you can get here, or you know, if you have this rent, if this you have this rent in mind. Oh, this is viable, but this is not viable, uh, and these are the people that you can rent to. So to create this marketplace, uh, it's very, it's uh, relatively easy to solve this problem for one agency, but it's a much harder to solve it for everyone together. Uh, so, uh, I mean, uh, that is the challenge. Like you, know, you can go to uh, Dallas or Austin and then tell them, okay, hey, what is your Oh, what, is, what are your payment standards? What are your utility allowances? You know, like what, what, that is an estimate of how, how, how much utilities will cost. You give it to us and then we'll do all this. And then, then to create it for one agency is relatively easy. But to create it for the entire country with, uh, in, in our country, you know, there are some places where this is based on, based on the zip code because they are in the city. In some places like New York, where it's a densely populated city, this could be based on the census track code. And the large areas of the country, this could be based on the county because it's not like where, like one uh, agency might cover a county which is very large and you know like so um, there are nuances there which which makes the data collection and the creation of the software uh, fairly complicated. Uh, 
So it took us some time to actually build it out for like, so that it would work for everyone. So we can only uh, go to market effectively um, when it's working for everyone, because then you can pool all the housing providers, they can work for any agency. So they have a big benefit. Like if you're a, a property manager working with nine agencies in the Northeast area, you don't need to deal with nine different comps, nine different case managers. You just go to bob.ai and then you can, you can get your uh, rent adjustment then or create a new contract for a new renter and so on. So you can just, just go to one place. But if, it, if only works for three, then it is a difficult messaging problem that we have. Hey, these three would work, but the other six, it won't work. So that's harder to create. So, um, so we had a um, tough time for some period. We did have early adopters, like uh, some, some housing authorities were extremely responsive. So they were, they knew fully well. Yeah, maybe and just to, to dive in just a little bit, because I think that, you know, that gets, they're very, they're very insightful. It also probably gets a, a bit into the weeds as, as to how you might go do all that. So as you're, you know, it sounds like if I were to maybe summarize just a bit, you know, when you're looking at trying to break into the marketplace, you, you know, some to a degree, you had to figure out how to apply to different applications, but you also didn't always have to reinvent the wheel and then and you could, or use it across different areas and there was there's commonalities is that a fair a fair summary yeah it is it is it is a good yeah it is a fair summary yes so once you solve this problem from a programming point of view everyone is the same they all follow this 30 percent rule they all follow this 40 percent rule there are some new some configuration things that you can do so then it creates a, instead of creating one local market where one housing authority or one continuum of care provider is working with a set of landlords, you've created a marketplace for the entire US where any landlord anywhere can go and list their unit and find the right agency, the right program and understand how much rent they can get. And that's a different, uh, I mean, that's, that's the creativity side of things. Like that's also, that creates a market, a, a national market. Makes yeah, no, very interesting and insightful how you went about creating the market and then and, and how that occurred and, and the, or took place. So well, with that, now as uh, we kind of catch up to a bit of where, you know, now you've created the market, you guys are continuing to expand and to grow and we've, we've kind of reached the, the present point of your journey. Always love to uh, ask two questions about the journey. Um, so we'll jump to those now. So the first question I always ask is along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what'd you learn from it? So the, the, the worst business decision I've made is I named the company, I mean, it's a funny one, like I named the company Bootscapper. It's an Afrikaans word. I mean, I I, I just knew the word. I, I just picked it up as a, there is a bootscapper.com domain available. So let's name the company that. And and then none of our clients could spell it or, or no, they, they had, I mean, I've been on calls where just spelling bootscapper.com, my own name is difficult and it takes uh, uh, two minutes to spell that. And then to say, oh, the name of a company is Bootscapper and you have to go to bootscapper.com and then register. That was a funny experience. So, I mean, yeah. So I had to change it to something that, you no, know, we work with people who are older and people who are, you no, know, may not have really good eyesight and things like that. And, and it's a critical thing for them. Like, you no, know, they have to sign a document for them to be house and uh, they all that. So Bob.ai is something everyone can remember. Like it's not that hard and, you know, like it's, uh, so I, I actually saw a need, you know, like uh, even uh, it is it is important that people can easily, uh, easily download an app, you know, easily search for it. 
uh, and and you expect um, people in their 80s or you know people elderly and disabled people by definition right to to actually use our app to sign a document so that they can get in or schedule an inspection reschedule it and things like that so uh, we ask people who are who did not grow up in this uh, in this um, with uh, computers and uh, uh, mobile phones etc to use this and uh, so yeah so that i mean i it's not it's, it was not a horrible decision but it, it had an impact so we, we had to go through the name change and all that. No, and I think that, you know, it, it is one where sometimes it's a fun or unique name or you have something that, you know, you think is catchy and yet, you know, you, you come to find out it's hard for people to spell or they can't quite remember it or it's not as catchy as you might have thought. And it's one of those where it can be simple and, you know, then but then you have to go through the rebranding, you have to adjust it, you have to get different URLs and different logos and everything else. And so it definitely makes sense as, uh, as you're going through um, to, have or where that's easy to stumble, but also where it makes sense that uh, the rebranding and, and the way you learn from it. So now with the second question I always ask is if you're talking to someone that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what'd be the one piece of advice you'd give them? So what I would say is don't wait. So, you know, like I waited many years, like I always wanted to start a business. I, I always knew that I could create something that did not exist or I always had ideas like as, as, as I was working or you know, if this was like this described different and things like that. So those are things. Um, so uh, my uh, two cents on that is, hey, if you really feel like you are made to do that, I mean, that is what you like and that and uh, it's, it's uh, don't try to don't wait too long to think, hey, how will I have money or how, how will I actually do this? A lot of people who will jump in and then raising money is easy you know, like um, reaching out and finding customers is easy. People are going to find you if you actually create something valuable. So along the way, like uh, you're going to help get some kind of help that you did not anticipate. People people reaching out to you. And uh, um, if you really feel that you are made for it, uh, then go ahead and start right away. That's that with, without like waiting to figure out every single step along the way. Uh, that kind of planning may not work um, and that may, kind of planning may actually not be necessary either. No, and I think that that's uh, definitely a, a great insight and a, a good takeaway. Well, as we wrap up the podcast, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you or find out more? So they can come to bob.ai, like if, if you want to be a customer, if you want to be, a prop, if you have properties that you want to rent to um, assisted rental programs, please list your unit. That's, we, we look forward to that. And if you're an applicant, if you're looking for houses, come to bob.ai. And if you want to reach out to me personally, it's bijoy at bob.ai. So it's my first name, bijoy, spelled as it is pronounced, and at bob.ai. And you can also connect me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, definitely a lot of uh, great ways to connect up to uh, find out more and uh, otherwise uh, user service if people are in need. So definitely encourage people to, to reach out and connect. Well, with that, uh, thank you again for coming on the, the podcast with Joy. Uh, it's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to have you. Just go to inventiveguest.com inventiveguest and apply to be on the show. 
couple more things as listeners, make sure to click subscribe, share, leave us a review because we want to make sure that everyone finds out about all these awesome episodes. And last but not least, if you ever need help with your patents, your trademarks, or anything else with your startup or your small business, go to strategymeeting.com. You can grab some time with us to chat. Thank you again, Bajoy, and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you, Devin.